Welcome back to following Know It Honest on my podcast. This week is the 111st episode of following Know It Honest on my podcast. We are doing plenty more of Shalon Adolin content this week. Chapters 34 through 37. Paul, how are you? Happy 111th birth, uh, episode. Woohoo, yeah. Um, feeling good this week. Uh, looking forward to, to diving in. I think there's some actual real interesting stuff in, in this episode. And so I'm, I'm excited to hop in. How about you, Elliot? I am good. I'm good. You guys probably can't see, but I have a new chair and I'm really excited about it for, for two Ooh. years on this podcast. I've been sitting in a folding chair oh, and I no. always get up afterwards with like this terrible cricket in my back. My. And so I, two years into this, I finally now have a real like decent chair. I'm really excited, man. My only question is how, how did you do that? We don't, we, sit here, years? we sit here for a long time <laughs> during our recording nights. Time. It, it was not intelligent. I've I've corrected the error. Man. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Do you guys have two words for our Adolin action scenes? Navani Venli action scenes? Elliot? Two words for our 111st episode are reaching and refusing. All right, Paul. My two words are shaken and kata. All right, let's use these four words and talk about our 111st episode. Once in a lifetime on. chance. We gotta, you That's gotta true. This is true. We got to capitalize. All right, Paul, what are your two words mean? Well, here for our 111st episode, my two words were shaken and kata. Shaken uh, is actually referring to our Venli chapter. Uh, Venli... Spoiler alert before we get there. Venli kills someone. And she's shaken, not stirred about it. She is very, um, <laughs> like, kind of distraught, kind of upset about it. Uh, like, like you can you can feel kind of like a, a wave of emotion come over her. And the other fuse are like, what are you doing? And she's like, so what, this person just died. <laughs> and uh, she talks about how, you know, she's... She's never been the warrior type, you know. Um, she's always been a part of things, but the more logistical side, you know, an accountant in the back, you know. Right. Um, and more so of that. My second word, well, the one I'm probably more excited about, is kata, which I always feel unconfident saying. Like, I'm always saying it wrong. But yes, Adolin does a kata with uh, Maya, the dead ice brin. And it kind of saves his life. Um, and is also like, that's not supposed to happen. So it kind of plays into some theories that we have. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about that with you guys. Sounds good. We do got a lot to cover. Elliot. Both my words have <clears throat> mostly to do with Adolin. Obviously, it's pretty cool Adolin stuff in this chapter. The first one, my first word is reaching which comes directly out of a quote from Adolin that I'm going to read when we get to that section of the chapter, but it is it is really good, and then immediately ties into what Adolin does uh, immediately following this. So super cool kind of progression of Adolin's character here in these chapters that I'm really excited to talk about. My second word is refusing, which is for the honor spren who predictably, when we get to lasting integrity, they come out and they... They not only refuse to let them in, they refuse to even speak to them. And the specific way that they state their refusal really rubs me the wrong way. I have huge problems with it, and I want to dissect it a little bit with you guys. But again, we'll get to it when we get, when we get to that chapter. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Sounds good. Okay. If last week was my recant of my Adolin defamation, this week is my full send on Adolin fanboy. So here we go. Adolin and Shalon actually go on a nature walk in in Shadesmar. Our cover Ooh. on on words of uh, on rhythm of war here. How many times am I going to mix up rhythm of war and words of radiance? I need a counter. Um, mm. We also need a counter for our eleventy first episode mentions. I just broke my pen. So mm. they go on a nature walk, and they find a star spren, which finally gets Shalon to. That's not on the cover. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me it was. And I, I was like, thought so what? too. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. Okay, real pause. Pause real quick. Sean is holding a sphere on the cover. And I just noticed that for the first time, like yesterday. She's holding a sphere between her thumb and her pointer finger. And I had never noticed that until, you know, yesterday. The more you, the more you know. So they go on a walk and... They see a star spread, and Adolin actually has the power, dare I say, to coax Shalon out of hiding and get her to talk with him. He can't. He has the patience. He has the ability to converse with her and get her. You know, get her to enjoy life for a split second because Shalon's had a lot of not enjoying life lately. So they show up and well, I'll just leave it there. Shalon and Adolin see a star spread and Shalon starts to sketch it. So what'd you guys get out of this little section? This is the start of some pretty awesome Adolin stuff. And that there was a, this conversation is, is fantastic even just to start with because Adolin's trying so hard, right? He He's kind of... It's easy for me to relate to him because he doesn't relate to Shalon. Yes. If that makes any sense. I, I, I struggle to relate to Shalon because her experience is so far outside of anything I've ever experienced. But I think Adolin is kind of in that boat too. He's like, I love you. I want to help take care of you. I have no clue how to do this. He even, he even come out, comes out and just says it. I'll, I'll read the, the quote here. I don't know the perfect word, Shalon. I just, I just want you to know that I'm here and I'm trying. Like that's so, like, aw, yeah, kind of a moment, I guess, for for Adolin. Like he, that really is him, right? He he's there for her. He's trying, and like, what more can you ask of the guy? He's he's present. He's he's loving on her. It's pretty cool. Yeah, completely agree. No, I, I agree. And uh, Trevor has recanted, so I don't get the satisfaction of being like, ha, I can't believe you'd say he was an overlooked or wh- whatever the term was before um, character. Uh, I don't get the satisfaction of it, that anymore, but I'm very thankful because Adolin has really grown on me a lot. And I think this episode, maybe more so than the other ones, we see a wide range of times that he's just kind of stellar like he he does the things that i want someone in his shoes to do which is really cool because most of the time our characters don't do what i want to like i'm like no you should just do this and they're like actually i'm not gonna do that at all you know um so it's really nice to see his patience with shallan um as well as you know he's kind of the king of winning fights he's not supposed to win but We'll we'll get to that part. Um, this did you have any other thoughts there, Paul? Before I interrupt, you got it. So so this this leads into the quote that I was gonna that was the reference for my one of my words that I shared reaching because Adolin's on this journey, right? It's super impressive. It's awesome, but he's still struggling with it, right? It's, he's still struggling with it, tying back to his father's expectations. When they left on this journey into Shadesmar, 
Dalinar left him with a not so subtle, hey, buddy, get in there, go get him. You can do this. You can become a Knight's Radiant. A Knight Radiant. And Adolin's kind of like, and I'm with him, like, I don't know if I want to be a Knight Radiant. You know, what What do I want to be? And he's having this conversation with Shalon, you know, Shalon Shalon, which is really cool that they're able to have this moment after he's able to kind of get her to, to come out of the shell a little bit. He He says it this way. No one ever accomplished anything by being content with who they were, Shalon, Adolin said. We accomplish great things by reaching toward who we could become. That quote right there is fantastic. Like, that, I don't even know how what to add to it. Like, that is how you become great. That is how you improve yourself as you, you reach toward what you could be. You, you figure out where you are, you figure out where you'd like to be, and you reach for that. And, and they continue that discussion, and Shalon kind of, you know, impresses on him too, you know, make sure it's who you want to be, not necessarily who you're told who you should be. And so that there's that dynamic of it too. But just this, don't, don't get complacent. Don't, don't think that you are perfect or there or give up. Think of who you could be. Think of who you want to be and reach out for that. And I'm going to contrast this to the honor sprint when we get there because they are the exact opposite. Anyway, so box over. Yeah, that's good stuff. Do we want to talk about anything else before the the Adolin scene that we all want to talk about? Okay, so they're on this nature hike, and Adolin is walking back towards the caravan, and it dawns on him. These Tukari that are following us just diverted and note him the ship captain he just diverted too because they're getting really close to lasting integrity and he's exiled he's not allowed to approach the, the city and so it dawns on him that oh they're bounty hunters after him we'll get back to why they're after him here in a second but dawns on him i'm i'm going to go save him why the right thing to do yeah he Notum saved him in the last book right he let them go as opposed to captured them all like he was supposed to and he Notum knew the consequences of that which is he's facing now he's in exile from the rest of the honor spread for what a couple centuries or whatever he says and so Notum does the right thing in the last book and lets them go. And so Adolin feels he needs to go defend him, and he does. And so he rides Gallant, Dalinar's Rashadium, into battle, and Maya's kind of just along for the ride, trying to hang on for your life. Poor, poor girl. And he gets there, gets to use one of his select choice of 14 swords that he brought along on the trip. And he chose he chooses this oversized two-handed longsword and he he chooses this because and he he thinks to himself as he's jumping out of the saddle all right which which uh which sword do i want and he chooses this for the most space he wants the most space possible between him and dukari because he's vastly outnumbered here everybody else is running to come help him but he's miles down the road at this point he's got his his long sword here and he's doing like these sweeping arcs and he's backing up as he's as he's doing this so that he doesn't get surrounded. And Maya starts doing a kata with him and def- and holds his back. So that's pretty cool. What do you guys think of this scene? So the scene was actually really dramatic. So Adolin is standing there and then it says that he like feels something on his back. Then it realizes it's someone who's like, you know, back-to-back with him, like, holding his his back, you know, watching his six o'clock, you know? Um, And 
he w- he kind of has this like epiphany where he knows Maya can't like I guess cognitively fight, but he's done this kata with his sword Maya with his shard blade Maya for years uh and years and has this kind of epiphany that if I do that she should know it, right? Like she should be able to do it. And that's like what we see. And so it kind of felt like we as the reader feel like kinda of know that it's more of like a a puppeting bluff, sort of, rather than like her fighting, at least in my understanding. Um, if she knows how to do this one kata motion, which is impressive looking, uh, but I'm <clears throat> doubting that she would actually like cognitively think and fight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but it's enough to see a dead eye effectively fighting by by doing this kata that would probably intimidate people to to back down. So this was and really cool. If you see a dead body jump up, <laughs> grab a sword and start swinging it around, are you approaching that thing? I'm not. <laughs> you'd be. You'd at least have a couple questions first, or like right. wait to see, like you know what's going on here. Um. So. Elliot and I have talked for a little bit about, you know, is Adolin going to find a way to, like, or, or through his, like, bond and his loyalty to Maya, or his sword, is Maya going to come back and not be a Deadeye anymore? Or at least, like, become cogn- cognizant like other Spren? Uh, I think this is a big nod that she's at least learning things, or, like, doing things, or, like, Doing things that are deemed impossible by these spread. They're like, no, a dead eye can't do that. You know, like, they're gone. They can't do anything. Um, and this is, like, kind of crazy to see. And I am all for this. I am all for the Aelin brings back Maya idea. I, I would love for that to happen. I think that'd be incredible. Yeah. Um, and, like, a big key to probably fixing problems in the relations that we see causing problems between humans and spread. By the end of the, I'll let go. I'll let Ellie go first. I was just going to add that it, it's so telling that all the Spren are so shocked by this. They they've right. completely written off their own kind who are dead eyes. They they treat them as if they're completely dead and gone, and they they don't even realize recognize when they're in the room half the time. And so I think that the Spren are more shocked than the humans are to see what Maya has been capable of through Adolin's influence. And I, I too, Paul, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this might go here, especially jumping ahead a little bit here, where at the end of this, this is what I was going to say. Yep. Who, who gets to go into lasting integrity with Adolin? Maya does. Yep. Who are the, yeah. Who are the four that get let in? So, Correction, who are the three people that get into lasting integrity? They say Adolin gets into lasting integrity and two other people. He picks Shalon and Pattern to go with him, right? Right. And then they say, oh yeah, and of course Maya can come too. She's a dead-eye. They don't even recognize her as part of the two people that can come in. Like They have a really strict rule of two people can come in, and yeah, you can bring your dead eye in. It's just a dead eye, like whatever. That's the that's the level of value they put on her. And yeah, I agree. What what's gonna happen to the honor spren's rigid well we'll talk about this in a second, rigid like view of the humans when they start seeing Maya do a kata with Adolin, right? Like what what's that gonna do to the honor spren? But I'm gonna put this uh one thing I want to add, and this is, I'm not, I'm going to try hard to not take this far down a rabbit trail, but it's a little, it's a little bit off topic. Uh, of, we've talked previously throughout the books of how would this look in an on-screen adaptation, um, and honestly, a lot of the, um, shades more arc here with like, Maya as a Deadeye, like, having her go around, I feel like that would be hard to depict on screen well. Um, That's just kind of a comment. I don't know, is it, like... Because it's not, like, a dead 
body, but she's dead. Or at least not like a limp dead body, how you would think of it, you know, but she's like dead, eyes scratched out, all the stuff, you know. I feel like it would just be <laughs> awkward to have her characters go around and there's just kind of this sketchy character fo- like following them for a long time, you know, like I just feel like it'd be kind of awkward to like portray. And that's all, that's my thoughts. I was just thinking about that as I as I picture these scenes, you know. I'm I'm with you there. I think it would definitely take some creative physical acting or CGI acting to she she would need to move differently. You'd need to like immediately recognize as you're watching this is a a dead person or this is not the same as our living spread. You'd have to be able to visually recognize that like just from the way she moves and reacts or doesn't react to things. Like you'd have to get creative there. This is further off topic, but I just have a image of some poorly animated figure with like no walking animation, just like gliding, oh, yeah. through, gliding just through the scene, not doing yeah. anything, just T posing. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine she's just entirely like stuck on like auto following Adolin, right? Because she's like his sword, his sprint, sprint, his sword, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like auto locked, following wherever he walks. So, <clears throat> like walking into walls and getting stuck on doors and stuff. Yeah, they'd be like a if if you like hypothetically went and watched this movie, or or I'm thinking in this case Oathbringer, and you hadn't read the books or anything, and you were going, and they go through this thing, they're in Shadesmar, and it's just like boom, right next to him. This dead body, like, that's just, like, a big shock, you know, like, like it would make sense in the context of everyone is there with their sprint, I guess, and so that that would kind of bridge that, but, yeah, um, I will, I will un-derail us now, but uh, okay. I was just, that that was something that, that kind of humped into my mind, and, uh, I just wanted to share that, I was like, that would be, that would be, like, that would not be easy to do. A lot of our prior books, I feel like, you know, I could at least visualize it pretty clearly. As far as not uh, underailing us, where were we <laughs> in our chapters? I, we, we just I rescued can, Notum. I, I can segue us back in with a question. I'm trying to figure out here in this scene what we see. Awesome. Adolin, come to the rescue. Maya jumps in there. Super cool. The question, though, I, I'm still stuck on is, what are these Tukari people doing? What are they? Who sent them? What's their motive? They seem to just be trying to assassinate Notum. Why? He doesn't seem. I, I apologize, Notum. He doesn't seem that significant of a person in all of this. Like, there's other honor spread elsewhere. Are they just on a beat up all the honor spread they can find? kick or it we didn't seem to get any hints isn't he like hated by everyone now because he let them go in the previous book yes or at least by all the spren and so yeah so there's some interesting questions here we know who doesn't like him the rest of the honor spren right right so if they're exiling him for however many years they could be sending a bounty for him. But then that begs the question of, is that going to be, is it going to do anything? Can Spren die in Shadesmar? Adolin asks himself that question as he's writing to Notum's aid. And when he gets there, it is far past the time of a mortal living. He's been, Notum has been stabbed multiple times before like, they're just sitting there, like, beating up Notum's body with their swords by the time Adolin gets there. And Notum does survive, but he's also clearly hurt. So, would that be effective way to kill a Spren? Is just stabbing it over and over in Shadesmar? Who knows? But, as far as motivation here for the Tukari people here, I could see that the Honor Spren put a bounty on his head, maybe? But that's kind of weird. I don't it doesn't know. seem very honorable. Sure. And yeah, that's a good 
good point. I, I if, don't know. If you want to get rid of him, just sentence him to death. Like why, why exile him and then send bounty hunters at him? That just, just send him, sentence him to death. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. The, I guess the only clue we have, right. Is that they're from two car. Yep. Which is, we know been semi important in the geopolitical landscape that like Dalinar is operating in. We know that the, the Tukari are out there. I thought fighting for the good guys for the most part, they were fighting against the singers at least. Yes. So yes, that is exactly right. So, so Tukar has always been an independent city, like state. Um, and the God King of Tukar, we learned either last book or a couple chapters ago, but while we were going there, um, is Ishar. And he's been leading a rebellion there um, against the singers, and he doesn't want to join the coalition. He's kind of doing his own thing. So w- would he be after Honor Spren? I have no idea. Yeah, I'm clueless over here. You guys ready for Shalon's portion? Yes, sure. I do have I do have one other comment right quick about Notum. Mm-hmm. Um I, I honestly like <clears throat> I feel like as we've been reading through our whole story, I've gotten a better feel for maybe why Brandon Sanderson writes things that he does or or like, you know, being able to tell to an extent, you know, is this gonna be something that's important? Why are we seeing this? Stuff like that. Um, and I feel like this whole stuff with Notum was mostly just to show the results of, of him letting them go prior and kind of seeing like how that works, giving a better glimpse into the systems at play here in Shadesmore. Right. Um, and honestly, I'm not taking it much past that. Like, I don't expect it to go a whole lot further into the story, but I was like, that's a pretty neat thing to to have but uh, but I, I guess I'm not carrying this with the same weight as a lot of the other stuff that we've seen I'd agree with that so while this is all well kind of after after the battle here is done and Adolin successfully defends Notum Shalon has a mental crisis as they are approaching lasting integrity. They are literally walking up to the gates and Shalon has this realization. What's the realization? She realizes that she has a new prime suspect in her spy investigation. She, I think I caught all this right. She she came up with a new way to tell if anyone was messing with her cube. She like dusted it with a very fine layer of powder that you wouldn't be able to notice if you didn't know it was there. And then she checks in her 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 chest, her her trunk where she's got it, and she notices that it's been messed with. And the only person who's been around it is Pattern. And then she tests Pattern. She asks him a question. She feeds him a lie, and he feeds it back to her. Yep. Basically saying, hey, do you remember when this made-up thing happened? And, and Pattern kind of resists at first, but then eventually, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember when that happened. And, and yeah, I, I'm with Shalon right there. I, I'm in shock at that point. Like, wait, what? Yeah, so she's asking him. That, so this this lie that Vale is feeding pattern is kind of double pronged here. A, it's not true. B, it's before pattern has his you know second progression of becoming sentient, right? 
So in order for this to actually have any sub substance, Vale assumes that Pattern is there to start with, and Pattern agrees, and then makes up a story, and then Pattern's like, oh yeah, that definitely happened, I remember that. Um, so yeah, so there's some weird stuff going on here, and yeah, Pattern reciprocates the lie and says, yeah, that that totally happened. So now, now what? We've got, this is kind of, this is crazy. So we've, the, we've talked before about the bond between Radiant and their Spren and how it, it appears to be very important. And it, it seems like one of the key building blocks there is, is trust. Now you've got someone inside your head all the time. You can't get rid of them. They're, they're constantly in your thoughts, communicating around the clock. You have to be able to trust someone like that, especially when you're going to yeah, go into battle together and, and fight as you know one, one being almost. Pattern and Shalon have just lost all of that. All of that trust is gone in an instant here. Sean now thinks Pattern is the spy feeding to the Ghostbloods. This could have huge implications on their radiantness. Yeah. I, I could see this as a step on the path to another, I'll, I'll call it a breaking point for Shalon. Is Shalon going to regress again? Is she right. going to get to the point where she doesn't trust Pattern? She can't go any further and she is going to fall back to zero and you know the implications of what that means for Pattern and all of that. Oh man, my, my brain starts spinning as soon as I read this. Yeah. Do you guys remember Pattern telling Shalon, he's told her this multiple times, that you will kill me and it's inevitable? Yep. He's he said that I forgot about that. He said that once in Words of Radiance and once in Oathbringer, I think. And Pattern is convinced that Shalon will eventually betray Pattern, and he's fine with that. Um, yeah. If that's the case, then then that is really like pretty pretty well written because it's like a really common struggle for for the spread to be like, oh, the radiants are gonna betray us and therefore kill us. Don't bond a radiant, or don't bond a person to become a radiant. You know all that, all that stuff, and so that makes sense to have a very natural skepticism whether or not he knows anything. Right. So if there is, if Shalon does, and it's tied to this, and maybe like a betrayal thing, then that's a really cool rereader thing to like reread that and then pick it up and be like, oh, so pattern new way back here. You know all, all this stuff, and so. I could definitely stand for that. I think that's pretty neat. I really like patterns, so I I want to trust them. I I want to um, I, be some good by him, you know. I'm the same. I don't want to jump to conclusions here. I I really like pattern. I think he's been a really good influence on Shalon. He's been a good hero in our story so far. This I I don't want to immediately throw him in the villain category i there's got to be an explanation here yeah the but then on the on the flip side if there's not this causes me to question a lot of things actually up until this point we've been kind of generally assuming that spren are good at yes. least i have yes that I think if you, it seems fairly obvious to say that there's a lot of different spread and they're all going to be different. And yeah, there's going to be some good ones and some bad ones. But think about like the recreants. All of that is built on this assumption that the spren are the victims, that the spren are the good guys who were betrayed by the Knights Radiant who had good intentions. They were just, you know, came to the realization they couldn't fight for that cause anymore. But oh man, it, it wreaked havoc on these poor innocent spren. What if 
What if that's a bad assumption? What what if there are spren out there more actively working against our heroes than we had thought, or at least I had thought up until this point? Like that that changes a few things from that. That re that reframes some things. It's a great question, actually. That is, I actually really like this. Or that, that's really neat. That'd be very clever to have ten of your first book like a big reveal of like oh what happened that day you know completely like flip on its head down the road um i i feel like right now that um which is natural for a lot of our theories there's a lot of lack of evidence you know of like of this because this is the first time we've been like ooh, this sprint might be being dodgy um But I want to entertain the idea a little bit as as we continue reading. I think I think that's pretty neat. I think of it similarly in in Oathbringer. We had the big reveal that the Alethi were the Voidbringers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, humans, but yes, y- yes, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I want to zoom out and look at these chapters from the perspective of Shalon Devar, not. Not like not veil, not radiant, just Shalon as an individual. She finally has the courage to come forward and take control with Adolin, right? And Adolin, and they finally have a, a genuine interaction between Shalon and Adolin. It's been a while since we've seen that. And the next chapter, Shalon feels at at least starts to feel betrayed by pattern the person she has put the most trust in person is a loose term (laughs) the individual she has put the most trust in and she is beginning to doubt the person she's put the most trust in the confided in the most and she immediately retreats further back than we've ever seen her retreat before it could be a really big issue moving forward and i think we're actually going to get to see it because pattern and shalon are the two that adolin gets to bring in with him so they pattern and shalon presumably are about to get some one-on-one time so we this has this has big implications as we've as we've been saying and don't forget, this is a key moment in the mission that she's on. Her whole goal was to get to lasting integrity to meet this new character we haven't met yet, Restaris, I want to say. Yep, Restaris. And, and she almost didn't even make it into the into the fortress. They get down there and they realize, oh, only three people are going in. I'm. We weren't really in Shalon's head in that moment, but I'm sure Shalon, or probably Vale, is over there thinking please, please pick me, please pick me, or this whole thing is for, for nothing. Yeah. We've, yeah, we've got quite a few things to tackle once we're in Lasting Integrity, which we do get in. How does Adolin get in? Another cool Adolin moment. So so before we get to the cool Adolin moment, we have the not-so-cool Honor Sprint moment, Yep, which I want to dwell on for a second. Let me... Let me read you what they say. Well, they come charging out, right? At least a, a contingent of Honor Spren come out to meet them. They're not even going to let them approach the, the fortress. Adolin, Adolin decides that he's going to go with plan A and hand them the letters. So he hands over the letters. And they, they tear them up. And here's what they say as they're, they're tearing up the, the letters. By reading these, we imply there is an argument you could make to persuade us. And, and I get it that they're, they're hurt, they're jaded, they're resisting, they're refusing to make contact here. But that statement, if you dwell on that for a second, is so incredibly arrogant. If if you truly believe what that just said, 
basically what you're saying is, I am right, and there is no possible evidence, argument, anything in the entire world that could ever change my mind. That is such a closed-mindedness approach. To not only not be willing to talk with someone, like that's one thing, but to state there is nothing in the universe that can change my mind. That's that's not okay for, for anyone on, on any level to, to ever think that you are the ultimate knowledge in the universe and there's nothing out there that is smarter than you. That's a that's a bold it's a bold statement. But in, I mean, they say the the more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. So right? maybe they're the least knowledgeable being in the universe. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out there. That that was that was wow. Guns blazing right off the bat there from the Zonerstrand coming out of that uh, out of that keep. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And how does he get in? I was very curious how this was going to go down, how he was going to get through the armor here. And he, he goes with the tact of, okay, fine, put me on trial. Right? That, that's the bottom line of what he's saying. Yep. Is, fine, you think I'm not worthy to talk to, prove it. Yep. Take me to court. Prove that I'm not worthy to even talk to. Which is pretty smart, right? That's pretty clever. Playing yep. on the on their honor. I think I think this is actually extremely well written from Brandon Sanderson. Where from the reader's perspective at least, Adolin is innocent. He has not you know he he, he has not surrendered a spren 3000 years ago or whenever it was and killed a spren and so there's no way adolin can um be, be guilty there but in the honor spren's eyes he is guilty and so we uh, presumably this happens and we as readers get to actually get an answer here of okay who's right adolin says all right prove it I, Adolin Colin, will stand trial for the recreants, and you can try to make me guilty for what they did. Go ahead and prove it. And that's his that's his tact. I think that's awesome. I think that's like a really cool Adolin moment. Probably my favorite Adolin moment, to be honest. I liked this too. This this is one of my favorites as well. Honestly, it's you know, chip off the old block. Like this seems like something Dallin and I would do. Um and just like offering himself up in a self-sacrificial, like honest way and being kind of like, look at what you're doing you know, or, or look at what you're saying. Uh, if you want to go for it, go for it. I'm willing to do that. Um, and this was really sick. This was this was where I was going to come and be like, all right, Trevor, let's let's rethink. Let's rethink our stances. Um the, at least on, on Adolin, so the best part of the whole probably the best part of the whole book so eh, maybe not quite that bad best part of part two so far is the word he uses to goad them to get them to do this what does he what does he accuse them of he asks them yes you can put me on trial and if you don't what honor do you have he uses the word honor against them and it's so it's so great and they like they're super upset about it. I I love that scene. Mm. I I agree with all this super cool scene, awesome Adolin moment. I love I'm going to be a little bit hypocritical here. I love how impulsive Adolin is in this moment too, where he's just like, well, letters didn't work. Nah, screw it. I'm going to go for it. Yep. And that that's that's the same side of Adolin that I have criticized heavily in the past that resulted in things like Sadius getting stabbed and <laughs> <laughs> other impulsive Adolin moments. But this is this is an this is a very cool moment where Adolin just jumps in and says, All right, I'm going for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sacrifice myself for the team is not really the right metaphor here, at least not yet. We'll see. But to to stick up and take 
responsibility for this onto his own shoulders. Like, wow, very cool. It even it even says that directly, right? That it's like the same motivation as to why he effectively why he stabbed Sadius in an alleyway, you know? Yep. There's there's a bit of this though that I'm a little bit stuck on, and that's these honor spren are starting to sound and seem a little more like I might have expected. And Trevor, help me stay on the right path here. Mm-hmm. A high spren, which is the yeah, they they spren along with our our skybreaker friends. So our our skybreakers, we've we've interacted with them before. They're they're all about the law. We've had some discussions with Zeth and Nail about this before. Of what is what is the the ideal of the skybreakers? What are they after? Well, they're adhering to the law. This put me on trial, take me to court thing. Is this really an appeal to honor or is this more along the lines of like appeal to a law of some kind? I'm, I'm not saying it is. It just seems a little fuzzy to me. I I was expecting there to be a more of a stark contrast, a line between honor spread and high spread. Uh, They seem to be enemies. Perhaps they, they seem to be, not on the same terms and that they're going to approach something very differently. The honor spren or the wind runner, maybe I should say is going to do what's right. No matter what that means you have to do. Right. And the, the skybreaker is no, we're going to adhere to the law, no matter what terrible things I have to do. And I don't know. These honor spreads seem to be acting maybe in a way that seems more aligned with the law side of things. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this is going to go a little further. We'll see if Adolin gets like a trial. We can really kind of see how that goes down. But I was a little surprised here. Yeah, I can totally see where you're coming from there. My only counterpoint to that would be is in the honor spren's minds, they are conversing with someone who has broken their trust, and therefore the conversation is not ever going to happen. Right. And so we like they may not have held to the law that fast before, but now that they feel betrayed, they are now. That would be my my only counterpoint to that. Yeah, I follow. That makes sense. Anything else for the Shadesmar caravan here? Is everybody else just going to camp out or are they going to go back? I, they talk about that for a brief moment, right? That at, if it, if at least some time passes, they are going to send like a messenger back to Dalinar or something like that. But yeah, otherwise, I guess they're going to chill outside. Hopefully, they brought a lot of food. Any hunting in Shadesmar? Oh, they got their light weavers, don't they? They can manif- that they can soul cast food. Yeah, but they're all out of stormlight, right? Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. And the the last thing of note here that we kind of already mentioned, right, is that Adolin, Shalon, Pattern are all selected to go into the fortress, and Maya goes along with him. I Maya is going to be important here. Got to be. Completely agree. Maya is definitely the key here. Uh huh. I don't remember this book. I honestly, I do not remember this book. If that's what the uh huh was for. That is exactly what the uh uh-huh is for. I don't believe any of your hints or pretending to be interested in what's going to happen here. If he had read this and then had the audacity to say previously that Adolin was like the one of the worst characters or, you know, of the developed ones, then. Then I, I believe he hasn't. He doesn't remember. Fair. All right. And our last chapter of the episode 37. This has got its fair share of events happening here. Yurithiru is officially under attack, and our humans don't know it yet. Navani is checking in on her Fabrials, and her Iron Man gauntlet that she has commissioned, well, she kind of accidentally commissioned her ardent buddy who was working on it, kind of just went off the rails with it. But it's fairly sophisticated now you can kind of point it in whatever direction they've got the weights those gravity 
batteries that you were talking about, Elliot. They have those fully functional, and you can just push it wherever you want. And as long as the fabriel in the shaft can drop further, you can fly further. So. Anything else before we talk about Venley? I, I was looking for some sort of engineering concept to go all nerdy on with the Iron Man gauntlet, but I mean, it's an Iron Man gauntlet. It, it's just cool, right? It, the only thing I could think of from the, the engineering perspective on that was it's that the scene is great and that you have like the over-enthusiastic engineer that this happens all the time where you, you send, you give someone a project, Hey, go make me a, go make me a, this. And they come back with a, that, and they're like, but <laughs> isn't this so cool? And, and it's actually, it's important to recognize that because sometimes really awesome things come out of crazy ideas that you weren't actually supposed to do. But you also have to find kind of the middle ground because if that engineer falls too in love with their little, you know, baby they created, then they're not going to be able to, you know, receive feedback on that and kind of improve on it. So usually there's actually usually a middle ground between what you thought you wanted and that crazy awesome idea that someone came up with. Somewhere in between those two is is the perfect invention. The feedback that Navani gives is my arm hurts. Can we make this a yeah. belt, please? <laughs> so we might get an Iron Man belt here. We're going to get a full Iron Man suit here. I'm yep. fully expecting it. Oh, man. Are you telling me that that's how Navani evens the playing field with our Knights Radiant? So we're just making an entire Fabriol woman suit. I mean, it's not that far of a stretch. We already have shard plate, right? I mean, just strap a, a bunch of gadget fabrials onto <laughs> some shard plate, and you're basically there. It's true. Fair. Good point. And then she gets a span read that says explosion and dead, and then scene ends for her. Yeah, I got very confused by that. I thought for sure we we're going to come back to that, and maybe we will in a future chapter, but it was very unclear to me if that was supposed to reference the fight scene we see later, if that's unrelated and different. I, I was confused. Yeah, I don't know. The fight scene we see later, they specifically stop the span read from getting to the tower. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's a great question. And they don't seem to be exploding anything. They're just, you know, killing the patrol. But the the deepest ones have... Well, well hold on. Hold on. Hold Sorry. on. Sorry. You skipped over something that's, that is of interest here. Okay. Before she gets that span read message, they catch someone. Oh yes. They they catch the person who's been planting these the the span read ruby gemstones that they need. She sets a trap intentionally. She knows that this they think it's a spren is going to try and contact her again. So they're kind of waiting for someone to try and sneak her another fabro. Well, lo and behold, they do. I didn't realize this until the second time I read through this. First time I did not catch it. Second time it, it jumped out at me. All that's described of this person that they catch is that he doesn't talk and he hangs out with the Windrunners. Oh, I didn't catch this either. Later, later in the chapter, Kaladin is talking to somebody and it's just briefly kind of offhand mentioned like, hey, we haven't seen Dabit in a few days. Where's he been? I think the person they just caught trying to contact Navani is Dabit, the guy that Kaladin rescued way, 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 way back in the very beginning, who's like battle trauma and, and doesn't talk at all. That was him. That's crazy. I didn't actually catch that. You're so right. So I don't know what to think about that, but I think that's the connection. I mean, he is a bit crazy, so like it makes sense sort of like why he would be tied up in this. Plus, 
Why does he know how to write? Like, I'm assuming he's the one on the other end of the span read, right? Like, that's the... Well, that's the question, right? He could be telling someone to write it, but, oh, well. Or is he just the patsy that, you know, someone powerful has kind of planted on, hey, go do this or I'll kill your family. I don't... Mm -hmm. Threatening him somehow or whatever. Right. Is he just a tool? Or, yeah, is he the person sending the messages? We, We thought he was, you know a little bit insane, kind of no longer there. Is he somehow there and maybe has some sort of supernatural connection to Spren and is trying to reach out to Navani in the only way he can to say, hey, this is a problem, stop this? And they're about to go do a full interrogation on him when Navani gets the span read of explosion. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. I Yeah, I didn't catch that. Okay, now can I talk about the deepest ones? Yes, now you can keep going. Okay, so mm-hmm. Stone Ward equivalent for the fused. They can just sink into the the ground and pop out of a cave wall. That's crazy. Anyway. That's pretty cool. That's terrifying, to be I honest. I can't lie, that's pretty cool. That, that's, that's terrifying. Um, yeah, they can meld with the with, with the stone and so as this contingent here is approaching Rathiru, one of the Lightweaver equivalent guys, he's like, I think the sibling is still alive. I can't Lightweave. And then one of the deepest ones is like, well, I can still sink into the stone. So what's up? Which, by the way, I feel like that's kind of convenient, like plot convenient of our super powerful underground guys can come out of the walls. But... They can't get a spy in to light weave. I just feel like that's kind of what kind of pulled me out for a second, but we're, we're fine. And we have first blood at Eurythiru by Leshwi, actually, or not Leshwi, uh, by Venli. There's, they've come across a, a radiant patrol and they instantly kill everybody before they can span read back up to the tower that says they're under attack. And so, Venli is right on the forefront there and smashes some poor guy's head in. And I'll leave it all, leave it over to Paul because that's one of your words. Yes. One of my words, the, the, the specific word was shaken that I used because Venli did this. She killed someone and then was kind of immediately like kind of horrified. Um, just of, I guess, the fight itself. I don't think it wasn't necessarily that there was a dead body or I, I'm not 100% clear why she is so shaken other than we know she's not accustomed to being on the battlefield, like in the front lines essentially. Right. Um, and so this is kind of new to her and kind of just a, a shock, which, which is very understandable. Um, but she really kind of gets sort of made fun of by the other, uh, was this Raboniel? Yeah. Am I remembering correctly? Okay, awesome. Raboniel is like, what are you doing? Like, what? what's what's the holdup? You know? She's like, this person's now dead. They were alive, and now they're dead. And, and uh, kind of take it aback. And just, um... Yeah, I've never... I, I think we have yet to see this kind of, like, respect or kind of shock for human life from any form of Parshendi, uh, if if I can remember correctly. So it was neat to see um, and kind of noteworthy. Yeah. It, it was a good reminder that Venli's not a killer or a warrior. I, I had definitely lumped her into... You know, she she kind of is a replacement for Eshenai in my brain, and, and she kind of is. She she is the. I don't know what the right word for it would be. The carrying on the the torch or the banner for for Eshenai, but Eshenai was the warrior. Yeah. Venli was the scholar. Venli was around a warlike people, but she was not warlike herself. So. Yeah, I had I had to remember that.
are they going to take the tower? Maybe. Not not if uh, Navani finishes her Iron Man suit. Okay. We, we've got Navani in her Iron Man suit. We've got Kaladin in, in the tower. We've we also got... I think we have Renarin who could come into play. We, we've got a few others. I, I, I don't think it's a lost cause. They have more people than I, than I thought they were going to, the, the invaders. I thought they were going to be you know, a small commando team of like a dozen. It comes out in one of these chapters, they have like 500 or something like that. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's a large strike force to be able to you know, covertly infiltrate the, the enemy base. So, ugh, yeah, th- this could go badly. Approaching in an Everstorm, too, so that's kind of, you know, thanks for including that Brandon Sanderson so we can see it in a movie one day, because it'll look cooler. Yeah, it's exactly why he had it in there. Yeah. I mean, Venley even thinks to herself, like, man, this is so uh, atmospheric. Yeah, like, look, it's all red and lightning, and oh, it's so cool. I, I de- the, it, the description of the book does not say this, but my imagination immediately inserted, like, the the red marbling of their skin like starting to glow like as they're like climbing the mountain that it doesn't say that happened but in my mind that definitely happened i'd be down for used to glow in an everstorm that'd be cool yeah like a faint like like it really yeah, makes yeah. the Subtle. red pop you know like yep. vibrant all right anything else for this episode it's it's coming to a it's coming to a point it's coming to a climax. This is early though. We shouldn't be sander lanching now. Like it does feel like hmm. that, doesn't it? It felt like that know. at the beginning of part one. Kind of feels like that now. The pacing of this book is quite different to the last three. Like yeah. very noticeably different. Not a bad thing either. It's it's actually been enjoyable so far. I, I will actually, I will say, so this episode has felt that way. Like, it's it's felt like, you know, there's stuff going on, there, there's kind of these battles on the horizon, or starting. Um, but I, I last episode, I, I personally was kind of struggling. I kind of felt like things were getting a bit more tedious. We had some pretty cool reveals. Uh, but so far, kind of a lot of our Shalong content has, in my head, just blended together. Um, I would agree with but, that. I, I'm but there's, there with you, Paul. But there is a lot of... Uh, there is a lot of like exciting events happening and fight scenes and stuff like that, so I appreciate the that. I guess... Um, yeah, it feels like there's... In my head, compared to our prior books it feels like there's a little less substance underneath like what's going on um so that's not uh, me bashing on this at all i'm loving it i'm excited to keep going but that's just kind of a little bit of my thoughts while i've been reading this and that it, it has been exciting and I, i'm really excited to read next week's I, I think it'll be super fun but like the last week uh and in, in this for part of it uh, we're more like it felt like it was a lot of Shalon blending into the other chapters and wasn't wasn't as interested as we did like one started with a really high like excitement and like reveals and things that get you really emotionally driven like uh can't believe I'm blinking on his name now Moash you know <laughs> uh yeah all, all the stuff with that, so uh, a lot of things that kind of get me emotionally invested and, you know, hurt or happy or, like, whatever, you know? And this has been, I guess, less emotional. I, that's a good way to say it. Um, so, yeah, but I'm super excited to go forward um, with our next episode. Our next episode will not be a 111th. 111st. It will not be 111st. It will be uh, 100 episode 112, uh, not 111. All right. 
Sounds sounds good. Thanks for joining me, Paul and Elliot. We will reconvene next week. Let's uh, let's get back to the page turning. Peace out.